Oh, boy, here we go for the Hump Day show. And I, it's one of those Hump Days where I already recorded the segment, and then there wasn't a button pushed properly, and now i got to re-record the opening segment of the show, and I look back and look at the file, and I'm like, suck, a big fat D-stretch, you suck, you're fat-fingered ass. Oh, man. Oh, well. I am happy it's Hump Day. I am happy that tomorrow is Thursday. I am happy that we are getting closer to the weekend, getting closer to more motocross racing. We have got a lot of moto on the show today, and that's what we do here at Big 49, Moto Rock Extreme. Our moto today, Jason Alombre Anderson coming up in mere moments. I don't know if he likes talking to us. I don't I don't think Jason likes doing media at all. The vibe I get is kind of would rather not be there. But we got him. We'll talk to him. And then in the middle of the show, if you missed it yesterday, Mr. Chase Sexton will drop in, and then we will bring Jason L. Ombre Anderson back at the end of the show. Now, if you're in the podcast, you'll just hear the original Jason Anderson interview coming up next, and then you won't hear any of the rest of that because I'll chop it out because it's already been a podcast. And you're like, I already heard the stretch. Why are you replaying segments? Why do you suck, stretch? Why do you not give us new content on the podcast? So I don't want to do that, even though, let's be honest, Moto Podcast, Shmoto Podcast. Those guys all suck balls compared to Stretch because they don't bring it to you every day. They're not banging them out every day. They're not giving you a solid hour a day of podcasts. And I'm being sarcastic in the sense of that I look down upon podcasts because I am a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week, 365-day-a-year, flame-throwing, fire-breathing motocross rock radio station, and I can crack the mic at any point and go live on this biatch. So, podcast, like, you're going to murder podcast. And finally, I was like, you know what? F you. I'm going to take my daily show and turn it into a podcast and shove it up your moto media ass. So that's what I've done. I'm going to extend my brand even more. And then there's people that can't listen to Stretch for nine hours a day. I know that's ridiculous. I don't know how that happens in someone's life. How could you be so busy? Be honest, I can't listen to Stretch two hours a day. I am so busy, so uh, I, I understand that, and I decided to condense it down in all honesty for our friends that miss parts of the show, and it's up there. So if you heard something, you heard me talking about something, and you want to get to it, you can now just jump on the podcast wherever your podcasts are rendered. I know it's on iHeart, Spotify, Amazon. It's weird, though. I tried to get uh, that whorebag who I have recently fired, DJ Dirty Alexa, to uh, play it for me. And she kept playing other shows, not Stretch Show. And I was like, F you, Alexa, you're a dirty whore. And then she got stupid, and then I unplugged her again and turned her off. So that's what happened. On the show today, besides motocross, I got a lot of really good stories to get into. I got a story where I'm going to get into out of New York City that I tried to get in yesterday, and I just ran out of time. And that is the dumbass uh, mayor there, Eric Adams, came up with a plan for homelessness. I am a big proponent of people who have a plan of action for homelessness. What's weird in Los Angeles, where it's probably number two as far as anuses of America and dealing with the sloppy homeless issue everywhere, we had a guy, Rick Caruso, that had a plan. And was it the best plan? I don't know, but that guy had a plan and he was gonna enact that plan. And we voted against him for a lady named Karen Bass who had no plan whatsoever. Zero plan. What are you going to do for homelessness? Uh, well, I'm not going to arrest them. I'm going to let them keep stealing stuff and uh, hope it goes away. Maybe the economy will turn around and people get jobs. Yeah, that's her plan because she has none. Yet that dumbass got elected to the mayor of Los Angeles with that no plan. And this guy didn't really have one either, but now he's come up with one and it's like, Hey, I'm not going to throw stones at you, dude. you got a real problem, and you need to fix it. And, of course, it's never going to hit the ground because he lives in a more woke city than Los Angeles, and that's saying something. And the crap is going to get tied up in court, and they're never going to be able to enact this plan, which means they're not going to do anything. Which means politicians are going to stop other politicians from doing anything about homelessness, and we're going to have the continued problem that we have, which is nothing being done about homelessness. So I'll get into that. I got something else the government have. I've got some few stories where the government has pissed me off that I might get to. I have a really crazy story about drugs in America that should horrify you 
and make you think like I do and possibly carry some uh, Narcan with you. I have Narcan with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is always near me. Now, do I have drug addicts in my house? Nope. I got a teenager in my house who's in college, and I can tell you this. Those are the kids that die. Those are the kids that go out to a party and somebody goes, hey, man, take this Zanny. It's it's cool. You'll mellow out. And then, oh, yeah, that fentanyl in it. It was black market. You're dead. That's incredibly common. And as a security guy, we're trained on it. We have it, and I always carry it. So it's on my belt. I have backups in my backpack. I always have it. It is always with me. And I think if you hear this story, you might want to uh, find yourself some Narcan, too, which is very easy to get. It's terrifying, this story. I got another story of a teacher that's in trouble. This one happened in Georgia. Remember, nothing good happens in Georgia. They're bad, crappy Alabama personnel stealing football team wins national championships. I call them the fake roll type. Suck it, Georgia. I'm going to rail on you and your freak teachers because I don't like you. You're the liberalness of the South, and I am a respectable man of the South. I may have grown up in Los Angeles, California. I may live in California 99 point something percent of my life. But I was born in Alabama, and I consider myself a person of the great state of Alabama. So I don't like Georgia. Um, we'll get into a couple of guys that got off on a bad uh, court case. And I think they were faking. And I don't think the judge is going to be happy, but we'll get into that. I got porn college coming up. I may go to that. This radio craft for the birds. I got to work too much. Apparently, porn is way better to do. But he even says, the guy that does born college is like, yeah, not everybody makes a lot of money. So, we'll get into that one as well. I don't think I have anything really bad on uh, Moto Man today, which is good. And then I got your Moto Minutes. I got your Manertainment. And everything you've come to know and love here on the Stretch Show. So, lock it in. If you're on the podcast, uh, you won't hear all of those Moto interviews because I edit them down. So, you, you only hear them once in the week instead of the replay and the end uh, da, da, da. so I take them out or you'd be hearing them like three times four times over the course of the week and you'd be like this BS stretch you suck this isn't new content and I'd say I agree it does suck but it's free and it's better than anything else on the radio and it is the only place where there is Moto Rock Extreme we are the best rock station in Southern California the only Moto station on the planet and I will tell you this, we will prove both of those in spades within the next hour when I dump a whole lot of rock and roll on your ass and then come back with an interview with my not friend. He doesn't not like me. I just don't think he likes anyone. I think he's just kind of in his zone, wanting to do his thing and doesn't like the media. His name is Jason L. Ombre Anderson from that Pro Circuit Kawasaki team, and he is coming up here on a big 4-9. The Man Urgent. Report! All right, the granddaddy of all record library deals is about to be cut, and it's with the uh, people that run the estate of Michael Jackson, and they are going to sell to Sony for about a billion dollars, 50% of Michael's catalog. But the deal has a snag, and this is the snag. They'll own half of the catalog, but they will not have any control of the catalog at all. Michael Jackson's estate wants to maintain 100% control of the catalog. So I think it's more of a 49-51%, but it looks like it, on books it's going to be a 50-50 split for $1 billion for Michael's family. We'll see if this all shakes out. Shout out to wrestling legend Jerry the King Lawler. He was rushed to the hospital this week after he had a stroke. The 73-year-old is in the hospital. They had surgery on him, and they say he's going to be okay. They caught it in time. Remember, that's the deal with a stroke. You catch it early, and you can be saved. So shout out to Jerry the King Lawler. Now, this is crazy. A guy named Ronnie Rivers, he's a rookie for the L.A. Rams. And when you're a rookie, you don't make very much money on that deal. But Ronnie doesn't have to worry about money because he went to Vegas over the weekend to celebrate his and his mother's birthdays. And well, while he was there, he was playing cards and he won $514,000. Congratulations, rookie. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 49, it is Stretch. And right now we are sitting down with Mr. El Hombre himself, Jason Anderson from the Pro Circuit Kawasaki team. Up on the box tonight, Jason with a third place overall. 
I know not always what you want to do, but just sitting there getting on the podium and chipping away, you managed to move up one spot in the points, taking over third place in the championship hunt as well. So how you feeling about tonight's race? And tell us, uh, you know, what's going on? Yeah, you know, anytime I think you could be up on the podium, you, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about, but, um, you know, being being where I'm at, being, being third and, and seeing... Um, if I could just be a little bit better, I could be in that battle for the win. Yeah. And um, that's uh, always in the back of your head. So the grass can always be greener. And um, I just want to, you know, keep trying. Keep trying my best. And that's all I got. All right, Jason, and all you got, too, is that machine, and I know you've done a lot of changing to the machine and gone back to a lot of stuff from last year's bike, so tell us uh, what's going on with your setup, because I know you've gone back and forth, and it seems like you're still really trying to dial it in as we are into this fourth round of the season already. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, we started off the season with a, with a different shock, and um, there was, you know... I believe there's a lot of benefits to the shock, but for me personally, I think my riding and my racing is a, a little bit better on what we what, what my setup was. Okay. Um, for me, I think some of those benefits of the of the other setup, I uh, yeah. I really really want to figure out. But um, I think that's for another day, and um, I think for the rest of the season, I think that uh, where we're at, we need to make little improvements here and there, yeah. and um, yeah. Just try and try and be better and, and close close that gap up a little bit. I think um, I kind of lost myself a little bit with that with that in the first couple rounds. And um, but we're making gains. And um, I know I got second and then obviously third last week this week behind them. But um, you know realistically, it's it's still improving. And I think that there's a lot of racing left, and um, we just need to keep uh, keep trying. All right, uh, now here's a, a serious question, Jason. Uh, second week in a row, no real drama for you. Also the second week in a row that we see you up on the podium. Do you see a correlation to that? And uh, do you sometimes think that, like, uh, you shoot yourself in the foot uh, getting involved in the crap, and it kind of keeps you back from the podium, which we've seen out of you the last couple weeks? Mm. For your first question, yes. And uh, for the second one, I mean, obviously, I'm just going to try and get up front and, and do my thing. Um, it's, it's on me for getting caught up in um, a lot of the, the BS that I get caught up in, and, yeah. and that's something that I just got to take responsibility for. But um, I really just want to do my best and, um, you know, try, try and grow and, and avoid that. So, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, I'm going to try my best. And um, I want to uh, change that aspect of, of me. All right. Now, uh, moving forward, Jason, like, uh, what do you think you need to do to get better? What do you think you need to do to dial in for next week, get to the top step of the podium? Like, what are we working on uh, moving forward this season? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's uh, for me, it's just, you know, working on myself, trying to get um, the bike better, myself better, and um, just be as ready as I can every time that gate drops. Um, I think uh, just improving the bike and, and improving myself you know just uh trying to get the whole package together and uh see if we could uh make some runs at uh, some wins all right and and uh by the way you're making progress so week after week getting you up on the box here staying out of trouble and and another good finish and congratulations on stepping up another notch in the points and taking over third place overall in the championship hunt can't wait to see what happens next weekend in Tampa. Best of luck to you, my friend. Thanks for talking to us. We appreciate you, Jason. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Trolling the social media of all of the writers, and I found a doozy from Adam C. and Cirillo yesterday, and I have to think it's true. It was on Twitter, and he sent this tweet out. It said, I got fined $1,000 for peeing behind the porta potty in a rush before our restart this weekend. I just figured I'd get out ahead of this one. And I replied back, dude, $1,000, it's only $300 when we got caught peeing in the parking lot at A2. That's a steep fine. The AMA is way worse than the city of Anaheim. So note to self, if you are getting ready for a restart and you really got to pee and there's somebody in the porta potty so you step behind it to take a leak, it's going to cost you $1,000. Just ask our friend Adam C. and Cirillo. 6040, you don't want to pay that fine. I'm telling you. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a stretch show here on a freaking hump day. 
Alright, let me get into my rant. Let me just get rolling. I do not like New York City. I lived there. I did radio there. I loved being there in the city. I liked living in that city. I liked that just crusty, dirty atmosphere of getting in the grit and kicking ass. But it's a left-wing nutjob city, much like Los Angeles and the state of California, and they can't get out of their own way because they're too worried about being woke. They got a new mayor. He's a nutjob. Not a big fan of him, but the guy got a plan. He finally was like, all right, hey, you know what? Homeless people are just randomly attacking people on the streets. We've got more than our fair share of homeless people because we have more than our fair share of population in a very small area. We are the largest city in America. We need to do something about this. And they're like, okay, what do we do, Mayor? And it's always the same. Well, we got to get more funding for mental health, uh, more addiction, which is all true. I'm not going to throw stones at that. That is exactly what needs to happen. However, that's not happened. So uh, wishing it isn't going to happen. Plus, cities don't have any money. They're as broke as everybody else, even though they're doing better than us on the taxes of fuel and everything else. Don't get me started. And let's look at what this guy came up with. Uh, Mayor Adams and his crew came up with a plan, and it will allow first responders, fire department, police department, whoever, to involuntarily hospitalize homeless people if they deem them to be mentally ill. Now, massive backlash, massive legal things. This has gone to court. A judge this week has ruled that it can proceed, but trust me, the mental health advocates, organizations, uh, God, homeless advocates, they're all gonna sue, 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 because some people are gonna get locked up temporarily that aren't crazy. Under a Mayor uh, Adam's plan, it was introduced in November. First responders would have the authority to remove involuntarily hospitalize anyone on the streets who, quote, appears to be mentally ill or displays an inability to meet basic living needs. Removal would be allowed even if the person doesn't appear to be a danger to themselves or others. So you don't have to be attacking random passerbys on the sidewalk or sitting at outdoor dining cafes and stabbing them in the neck. You know, the, the, at that point, you're going to jail. You just can be a homeless person. Here's a good one. Uh, you drive by and there's a guy shadow boxing to no one or having an argument with someone that doesn't exist. There's a candidate. Let's get him in. Let's get this guy in for a little mental health. Now, they say they can, you can't force them to get mental health. That's always been the problem. You can't force them to take their meds. can't force them to seek uh, mental health treatment. Well, now you can. So you might save some people. And some of these homeless people. You might be able to get some of them in, get them into some type of a therapeutic situation, and you may greatly help them. But no, 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 no. The advocates say that uh, this plan is just too broad and it violates constitutional rights. And then they sued in December uh, trying to get rid of the existing lawsuit they already had cast. It's just a, a quagmire of craptum like anything in politics. Nothing gets done because everybody wants to crap on everybody else's plan, and if no one has a plan and no plan gets put into effect, nothing ever happens. And we have the status quo of homeless people everywhere, crazy homeless people on the streets, neighborhoods like mine that never had homelessness before, that never had crime before, have crime because homeless people come over here at night and steal. And they climb my fence and try to steal from my backyard. They steal packages off the front porch. They go around and check if your car, you forget to lock your car one night, everything's gone. And it's never happened where I live, ever, ever. And it's happening everywhere because there is a homeless epidemic in this country. And as a security professional in my real life jobs uh, that I have, I deal the only time I have issues on my job are with homeless people, either breaking in, coming in, trying to steal, or stealing and me catching them, or me running them off, or me catching them and then having to release them because the police won't prosecute them. There's all kinds of issues with homeless people. And the fact that somebody has an effing plan, like, hey, let's try it out. And if there's a problem with it, let's fix that problem as we go. But let's get this ball rolling so at least we're doing something for the taxpaying citizens of our good country and our good states and our good cities. 
instead of what we've been doing, which is absolutely nothing but going, yeah, this is a problem. We should probably do this. We should probably do that. But we haven't done anything. So here's the guy, Ma uh, Mayor Adams, who I am not a fan of in New York, who I am not a fan of. And he had a plan and he was going to do something and they're trying to stop it. So I hope it gets going. I hope it has some success. I hope it cleans up the streets a little bit. Imagine this. You take a couple crazy people off the streets who are really crazy. We find out they're really Looney Tunes when we get them in there and maybe they don't commit a violent crime against a person or maybe a person who they're committing just a, a small crime against doesn't kill them. You can save lives with any plan, any plan. So let's move forward with any plan and work out the kinks as we go. But it's not. Everyone's trying to get rich and get a lawsuit and stop it from happening and it's not going to work. And what we really need is billions of dollars to not be spent on the military and to go to homelessness and we can save and house every American and it would, you know, it would, it would still be a problem. Tell you this right now. If I gave you 37 buildings in downtown Los Angeles with primo apartments in them and they had... Let's say I give you 10,000 residences for free because I was a gazillionaire and I felt like being a nice guy. They would be so riddled with crime and drug use and nastiness that they would become a slum and they would become a problem for the rest of the community around them and they would sue me for bringing those people in and trying to do the right thing because we have to address the issue. We have to address the criminality of homelessness. Homelessness itself is not a crime. Being a thieving, drug addict, rapist, murderer, violent psychopath is a crime. That's a crime. And it should be prosecuted as a crime and should be prevented as a crime. But I get we've got to address those issues. We have to address those issues. So let's start somewhere. Trying to force people to get mental health seems like an okay way to go. So I'm for this New York plan. And I am against anyone trying to stop any plan moving forward of trying to stop homelessness. Like, hey, you're trying. You're doing more than anyone else. So suck it, douchebags, advocates. Uh, it's too broad. This stuff is too broad. We're going to put people away. Right, well, they'll get out because if they're not really crazy. And I'll tell you something else as a security professional. I have found people who act crazy when the weapons come out often aren't crazy. I have found that time and time again. They're doing something, acting like a nut job. And then they realize, oh, this is escalated. And this guy is about to harm me and they become incredibly coherent often not all of them there's crazy ones and the crazy ones still stay crazy and then they're a danger to me and to themselves that happens but a lot of times when dealing with with homeless people all of a sudden they get this moment of clarity when well when the rubber hits the road so to speak and they're not crazy and you'll get those guys in there and you'll realize no this person isn't crazy they're just you know a, a, a bum they're just a freeloading criminal well, then they should be in jail or in some type of treatment. Maybe they're just a drug addict and they want to steal and they don't want to work or they can't work because they're such a drug addict. Uh, this plan will weed that out fast because if you see the cops pull up and you're shadow boxing with nobody there on the sidewalk and you're like, oh, crap, they're going to take me in. I better knock it off and act, act straight. Guess what? That guy's not crazy. That guy's just a homeless guy who's just out in the streets acting crazy so people will leave him alone and get ready to commit a crime because that's how they survive, because they have to commit crimes to survive for the most part. All right, enough of that rant. I gotta get back to my show, something happy. I know what, let's talk about porn college. Ah, make me happy. I love porn. Porn college is good. We'll do that next. It's the Big Four Nine. Big Four Nine, it is a stretch show. Right now I gotta get calmed down. I'm gonna blow a blood vessel in my eyeball. That's, that's based on a true story, that little jokey comment right there. I used to have a boss on radio, and she would get so stressed out, she would blow blood vessels in her eye. It looked like someone had been strangling her, like she'd been having rough sex at night, but it was just the stress, and sometimes, I'm not going to lie, we would go out of our way to create stressful situations. <laughs> See if we could run her out. Uh, eventually, it worked. I'm not proud of all the bad things I've done. I can freely admit them, though, on the radio. Because I'm a survivor. That's what I am. I'm still rolling. In fact, I'm uprooting the whole game now with the big 4-9. Streaming HLS radio to the entire planet for free with low commercials, low overhead, and an ass-whooping of programming brought to you by a bunch of Radio Gs is what it is. 
People think, oh, I, I can do this. Just give me a couple million dollars. I can put together all this equipment they have, and I can do the same thing. No, you can't. You know why? We're radio dudes. That's what we do. Radio professionals. We can do this with our eyes closed better, and we're, do <laughs> we're doing it with our eyes closed because we all got real jobs on the side until this thing's really popping. The new FM is here, and it's called the Big 49. Listen to it and get ready for it. Ah, man. All right, let's bring you this porn story because that make me happy. I got all fired up with that homeless story because I have issues. I deal with homelessness at home, and I deal with homelessness uh, at my job ad nauseum. My jobs. I got multiple security jobs. All right, let's talk about this. We got a guy. He was a plumber. And then one day he realized, hey, I'm a plumber with a 10 and a half inch dong. And I love it. And I have a great life now that I'm a porn star. So he became, uh, by the way, just so you know, his name is Andy Lee. He's over in the UK. He started a documentary called My Massive Cock. Yeah. He wants to encourage other Tom, Dick, and Harry's, ha, get it, to break into the adult industry. He says it's the greatest thing he's ever done. He's already inspired a female neighbor of his and his male barber and other people to have a porn career. He comes out of Dublin and he says he's striving to support hundreds more people by providing a university course that he hopes will be a grower. <laughs> the 34-year-old tells us all my mates were asking, how'd you get into porn, bro? And he says, well, I'm telling them all and I'm telling everybody I meet and it's tiring telling the same thing over and over, so I decided to open porn college. Now, here's the crazy thing. He doesn't charge a penny for this. He has this course, you can come on, and you can learn about porn, and it's not obviously not like, all right, and then you thrust like this, and you go for this camera angle. He's not telling you how to do porn. What he's doing is telling people how to make money at porn, how to not be taken advantage of, and how to look out. It's actually not a bad deal, and we are seeing more and more and more and more and more Regular people go to some form of porn as a income with OnlyFans and all of the streaming. Streaming not only is changing radio and making it HLS streaming like what we do, it's changing porn, it's changing television, it's changing movies. Everything is being affected by streaming. It's all changing and it will all go that way because that is the future. And as that happens and as it becomes cheaper to do and easier to do, a lot of people like us, it's incredibly similar. We're going to make a serious, nice living off earning a fraction of what a big radio company would have to earn by doing it much cheaper and doing it better. And that's the same thing in porn. People are doing OnlyFans and they're making way more money than they would make under a porn contract with a porn company. And this guy's just kind of going to walk you through the steps. Mr. Lee and his 10 and a half inch dog. Yeah, it's the first porn star university and lots of people are coming in. He says and they're trying to throw money at him. This guy, by the way, I, I'm guessing it was Australian and then he moved to London. Now he's based out of Dublin. He said, I wish everybody would open up their sexual side and not be such a seedy crappy disgusting business of people were who were just normal people started doing their own type of porn according to mr lee it would be a lot less of a shady seedy business because he's seen that side of it he said it also gives you freedom and time for the things that are important in your life if you're doing porn you can work three or four hours a day and make more money than you would make in a week at a typical job a lot of people are discovering that you hear these stories about OnlyFans all the time uh, he swears, too, he's met the greatest people. Yeah, everyone he meets will bang him is what's happening. The university uh, launched as a lecture hall at his film studio last week, and it's based in Cambridgeshire. And he's already had about 250 people come through. And then he had another group of just 67 men. He explains how the course works. He says it's all in person. Let's pretend to come to me and say, Andy, hi. I'm Stretch, and I'm interested in doing porn. And he'll tell you, walk you through the steps, tell you how to do it. Pretty cool he's doing it for free. Like, he's really, it seems like this guy was a plumber with a massive dong who realized he could make more money in porn, and he probably went through some bad ways of trying to get into porn before he finally found a way to make money. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to show people the right way to do this so they don't have to go through the crappy part of it and get taken advantage of. 
and he's giving back because now he's got a good life. He, he has more time with his family. He has less time at work. The work he does, he enjoys, and he seems to be literally giving back. I know he's a porn star and people look down upon that, but I do not. Yeah. And they're asking him, are you sure you don't want to charge? Are you sure you don't want to charge? And he's like, no, I earn a lot of money now. I don't need to charge for this. I'm trying to help other people. And he says, and just so you know, when people come in and think they're going to get rich immediately on their OnlyFans page, he said, it's not like that. Most people don't get rich. Most people don't make a lot of money. It's a little extra income for a lot of people. And he says he'd hate for someone to not earn a lot of money and then end up having to pay someone to not make a lot of money. And that's why he doesn't want to charge. He's like, you may not make money. He said, but then again, I have a massive schlong. Yeah. Ever since the show aired on a uh, local television network back in the UK in October, uh, his uh, documentary, My Massive Cock, has just blown up and it's brought a lot of people to him. So there you go. Soon, uh, if you're in America, there will be uh, My Mediocre Dong that is fully functional. Is a documentary starring Stretch Roberts. That's coming. I'm gonna be a, a cocaine slinging uh, porn star. Is my next my next move. I got backup plans on a four nine. If things don't work out, if if something changes and something top streaming, I'm screwed. Uh, oh no, I'm screwed. So you know what I'll do? I'll just go to porn and cocaine. That's what I'll do. I'll be slinging cocaine and doing porn. I'll be like Scarface with a boner. That's hard to do. Yeah, in case you didn't know, uh, you people do cocaine, they can't get a boner, right? So it would be very impressive feat. That'll be my college course. My very mediocre sized dong that is fully functional, uh, yet can stay hard while I do cocaine will be the name of my of my little documentary. Yeah, then I'll teach a community college course on how to get into porn while slinging cocaine. Yeah, it's coming. All right, I feel better now. I talked myself off that homeless rant where the blood vessel was sure to blow at any minute. Oh, God, I got more government stories. They're going to piss me off. I got to get away from those. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get into a teacher now. And, well, he's in trouble. And he's in Georgia. And you know I don't like Georgia. So we're going to talk about this next. Even though my son lives in Georgia half the year, he's taping that show Heels. That's where they film. In Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. All right, I got to get into this coming up. I got my son's coming up on a TV show soon on network television that all of you can see. I'll tell you about that one, too. It's weird having a kid that's, like, getting to be semi-famous. But then again, his father's greatness, so I see how it could happen. I'm stretch. I'm humble as hell. It's the Big 4-9. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. An absolute boss in the motocross industry has passed away, and the Big 49 wants to send their condolences to the family of Fred Fox. Now, Fred is the guy that built Le Mans Corporation, which is Parts Unlimited. This is a big deal in the moto world, and he did it from nothing, and basically they became the largest supplier of parts in the world for snowmobiles, for motorcycles, for off-road vehicles, and he built that company all the way up and was deeply involved in motocross and sponsoring athletes and shows and everything else to do with moto, and he has passed away at the age of 86. Rest in peace, Mr. Fred Fox. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Ah, uh, here we go. Big 4-9. Time to talk about a public school teacher that's in hot water, if you will. Just because he got horny up in Georgia. And this is bad for this dude. This is no way this guy keeps his job. I don't care how big your teacher's union is. Let's talk about what happened. Teacher's under investigation. After a video of him surely looking like he is, well, masturbating in his empty classroom has gone viral. <laughs> Here's something. When you're working around kids and they all have phones and they are whizzes at social media and you do something stupid, they're going to film you and you're going to be a meme or you're going to be a viral video. And when you look into your Jonesboro High School uh, classroom and you see a teacher sitting in an empty room with his pants down just yanking it you know what you do you film that and you put that on social media and it goes viral as hell and that's exactly what has happened 
The video reportedly shows the teacher naked, pleasuring himself in an empty classroom during lunchtime. So all those pesky kids have gone to lunch, and the teacher's like, oh, finally, I can drop my drawers and spank it in my classroom. Probably never a good idea. You know what classrooms have? Windows. You know what uh, kids can see through? Windows. You know what's weird is that thinking a teacher spanking it in his classroom. Also, you're like, so you get so sexually aroused during the first half of the day with your uh, students that you have to go yank it in your classroom afterwards? You may be a pervert. That's what the parents are thinking. And they have now left furious messages going, I just saw a viral video of Mr. Blah, blah, blah spanking his wanker in his classroom. And my daughter's in that classroom and she got big old hooters and I don't think that's appropriate. I want him dismissed immediately. Yeah. They're also really upset that the school didn't tell them. Oh yeah, we found a, a video of one of our teachers yanking it in his classroom while your kids were at lunch. No kids were around, even though they did film it and put it on social media. Yeah. People are questioning and the kids are talking about it. And it is the big thing there in Georgia running around. That's bad. Jonesboro High, Clayton County, Georgia. They got problems. Other parents say, I was appalled. I can't believe that the teacher was yanking his wanky in the classroom. I don't care if there's kids around or not. Somebody filmed it. That pervert he wanted to be saying. Uh, and here's the best part. It wasn't just a, T a kid that filmed it. It was a group of kids that started to come into the room and they saw him spanking it and then they all stood back and filmed it. They say, so there were children present by uh, at least a handful of kids witnessed it on top of everyone that's witnessed it on video. Another parent says, video don't lie. Them videos, them videos don't lie. I tell you what. You see him right there on the camera. He wanking it. He got his pee-pee out and his pants down. He got to be fired. People from the school are saying, it is shocking. We are investigating. Uh, but that investigation should be short, and that teacher should not be on campus as you investigate. He should be being investigated from home. Also, I'm going to wonder if there's going to be a criminal charge up on him for being a pervert and doing it where it can be filmed and seen and done. And there's, It's all bad for you, sir. Clayton County Public Schools is aware, they say, of an alleged incident involving inappropriate behavior by an educator, and we are conducting a thorough investigation. District leaders are investigating this matter and will determine appropriate actions as all details are learned. Well, the details are you got a teacher in a classroom with his dick in his hand, wanking it with his pants down, and kids filmed it and put it on social media, which means kids saw it, which means now every kid in the school has seen it by this time. Yeah, you got a little situation there, Georgia. Maybe you could steal an educator from Alabama and they could fix it for you. Because you barely are inept without people from Alabama. Because Alabama's great. Where the stretch comes from. I mean, sure, my idiot brother Buzz is still there, but don't hold that against the entire state. No. All right. Let's go. Let's get out of here. That's, that, that's my story. I, I got to run an interview next with Mr. Chase Sexton from the HRC Honda team. Get back to doing what we do, and that, my friends, is uh, Moto Rock Extreme. And then when we come back from that, I'm going to probably lose at least half of a man card, if not an entire man card. But it's okay, because I have hundreds, because I have revoked them from many people throughout the years, so I have a bunch. So I might lose a, an entire man card, because I am going to give you a Grammy drama with J-Lo and Ben. But I, I'm going to do it, because I, I can relate to Ben in this situation. I, I, my actions earlier this week will show you that I am completely on par with Ben Affleck, which is terrifying to say. I'm okay, I just lost another man. I've lost two. I've lost two man cards so far and the segment has even started. We'll get into this in a little bit. I'm stretched. You're going to want to hear this. You're going to identify with Ben too. You're going to get, get your man cards out because we collected them. It's the Big 49. Big, big, the big 49 moto minute brought to you by LBZ scrolling the social media of all of the writers and I found a post yesterday that probably no one else looked at like I did and it was Pierce Brown and he's sitting there and it was a slideshow from the last few weeks of racing with him and the TLD gas gas team and there's one shot where
where Pierce is sitting in a chair and he has got on his full riding gear and he's looking back to the camera and the look on his face to me says, seriously, can you tell that dude to put some pants on? In fact, that's the post that I replied back to and exactly what I said because sitting next to him is Justin Barsha and Justin is not wearing riding gear. In fact, Justin has no shirt on whatsoever and he is wearing a pair of spandex pants, tight, tight spandex pants like yoga pants. Justin Barsha, Mr. Hey, here's my giant schlong, it's in your eye, is sitting next to him wearing yoga pants and no shirt. And Pierce is looking around like, please, God, someone help me. I don't feel comfortable right now. I'm serious. Go look at his social media post and you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ. It's coming up one hour from now. Oh, hells no. It's time to talk about Jenny from the block, bitches. Man cards out. I'm going to be revoking them afterwards. You can have mine too. We're going to be burning them. It's a man card burning party. We're going to talk about J-Lo and Ben and what happened at the Grammys over the weekend. I told you nothing good happens at the Grammys. I don't want to say I was wrong because that'd be two days in a row and that doesn't happen. I will say I don't care about anything that happens at the Grammys, but this is interesting. And I'd like to bring you the interesting on the stretch show. So, Trevor Noah, douche nozzle, pink Okami left wing bastard, he was hosting and he was doing a little bit, which was, I'm sure, not funny, but I didn't watch it, to be honest with you, because I did not care about what was going on. This has gone viral, and things that are good go viral. And in the background, you could see JLo and Ben Affleck having a freaking argument, and they looked heated. Like they were, she was telling him something. And he was not liking it. And she even put her hand in his face like, talk to the hand, Ben. It was like, oh, no, she did. Yeah, she did. So, all right, whatever. That's that. At that point, it's not interesting. It's like, all right, they had an argument. They're a couple. That's what they do. C'est la vie. Well, someone who gives a crap about this stuff went and got a lip-reading expert. And what's funny is the lip-reading expert kind of uh, confirmed what all of the keyboard warriors were already saying. And that is this. People kept making comments all night whenever they put the camera on J-Lo. They're probably the, one of the most famous couples there. The only couple there I would say that's more famous than them as a couple is uh, Beyonce and Camelface, Jay-Z. They're sitting there. They're probably the most famous couple in that room at that point, especially with Beyonce setting the record for Grammys, blah, 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 whatever. But J-Lo and Ben are high profile and they are a big time couple, power couple. So they're having an argument there is, you know, newsworthy. But what happens is all night he was just looking like F, I just want to go. And here's the deal. Ben Affleck is a 50 something year old man. And on top of that, he's a 50 something year old white man. That's an endangered species in this world, especially at the Grammys. You can't be a white guy at the Grammys, a old white guy. What the hell do you know? He doesn't. He's like looking at people like, who's Juice Box? Wait a minute, who's that? Who's this? Like you don't know and you don't care. You're like, I want to go home and watch freaking sports on TV. Please let me go home. And your wife, your little hot freaking Puerto Rican wife, is like, no. And by the way, she's too old to be there too. J Lo, you're 50, whatever you are. You're too old. Uh, you were great once upon a time, J-Lo. And I'm sure you're still a fine actress. And you got a big old booty, and that helps. But I can't lie. You're a little old. A little long than the tooth. And I'm older than you, so I can say that. And Ben is older than you. And Ben is a dude that doesn't want anything to do with the Grammys. Like me. Like my original reporting. The Grammys happened this weekend, and I don't know what happened because I don't give an F, and you shouldn't either. That's Ben Affleck. I'm going to stick up for Ben Affleck. Man, card revoke, gone. See it up in smoke. That thing's gone. But here's the truth on this. You don't care about the Grammys. You don't know who any of these people are. You're like, oh, cool. Beyonce's here. Oh, look, there's Jay-Z. Why does Harry Styles dress like a girl? Like, oh, okay. I don't know any of these other people. Who's that rapper? Who's that rapper? Who's that rapper? Who's that rapper? I thought that rapper was dead. Oh, the old school tribute. I know all these guys. Okay. And he was looking very uninterested all evening long. And that's what people were saying on social media. Well, now that they got a lip reader in and they broke it down and the lip reader came back and 
This is what they say the argument was about as they were on camera and did not note it. They got no idea. Uh, Jen, as the camera panned over, was saying to him, stop, look more friendly, look motivated. And Ben is like, got an angry look on his face now, burning holes in her. And he said, I might. So I think she might have said, go home and watch TV, is what she said. And he said, I might. Like, if you're not going to be here, you're going to be a bump on the log. You're dragging me down because all eyes are on me and I am J-Lo. And I like all eyes on my big old booty because I love attention because I am a female. I'm a beautiful female. Women, beautiful women, all women love attention. That's what they feed on. It's like fuel. It's like a gas pump. Attention to a female is like fuel. It, it, it gets them going. Whereas a guy just wants to be left alone. That's fuel. I want to watch sports, maybe some porn. And just be at home. I don't want to go outside unless I have to. I don't want to interact with most of my family. That's guys. That's how we roll. But girls want to be out. They want to be in the spotlight. They want to get looked at. They want attention. They want to feel good looking. They give them compliments and you can lead them to slaughter. It's pretty easy to figure out. And Jen was eating it up and Ben was like, F me. I want to go home. Aren't the Celtics playing like that? And that's how he looked all night. And that's what she was called him on. And I'm with him. A thousand percent. You know, I've been to Ben Affleck's house. I don't want to name drop. I met Ben at his house one time. Sure, I was making a delivery. And I didn't know it was Ben Affleck's house. I just got to this house. I'm like, damn, this is a big-ass house. Not far from my house, too. It's kind of weird. About a mile, mile and a half from my house. And then all of a sudden, I go in the gates. And a dude comes uh well, when uh, the chick that came out of the house was his ex-wife, so I was like, oh, crap, this is her house. And I handed her the package, and then as I turned around, there was Ben, and he was nice stuff. We didn't bro down, but I've been to his house, so I could actually say that. Yeah, I've been to Ben's house. I understand. He wanted to just go home. I understand, Ben. He wanted to go home. My friend Ben Affleck, who I delivered a package to his house one time, we're now BFFs. Yeah. He just wanted to go home. He wanted to watch sports. He wanted to watch TV. He's an old 50-something-year-old man like me, and he didn't want to fucking be at the Grammys. Who blames him? You couldn't pay me to go to the Grammys right now. I guess you could. I'm a whore. It'd be a lot of money. It'd be a big, fat chunk of money. It'd be a nice fee, and I'd go to the Grammys. If not, no desire. None whatsoever. I don't want to leave my house. I want to stay home. I want to eat. I'll go out and get some food. If I drank, I would have gone out and got some beers, but I don't. So now I just leave my house to get food and cigars. That's about it. It's a perfect world. And I watch TV and watch sports and do my stupid radio stuff from the studio in my house. I understand you, Ben. I lost a man Carter four over this, but I relate to you. I don't know where Ben lives now. He moved. The ex-wife had that house now. Then she sold it. So it's gone. They don't live there at all. So I can't go back over to Ben's house and hang out. I'm just saying. I'm stretch. Coming up next... Uh, what are we going to do? I'll I'll think of something. I'm busy right now with my famous friends like Ben Affleck. Step egg 49. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, here's the ultimate Moto classified ad. If you want a race-ready, I'm talking serious race-ready KX450, you can buy one for $30,000 from Pro Circuit. And this isn't just any race bike. This is Kenny Roxon's Kawasaki race bike that never was. They built it for him, they say, so he could practice before he signed the deal with HEP Suzuki. But remember, there was a thought that Kenny, he had two of these, by the way, and they were built, and he was possibly going to be a privateer, and he was going to have Mitch Payton and the Pro Circuit crew build his bikes, therefore it would have to be a Kawasaki for Mitch's contract, and then Kenny would be a privateer doing his own thing. Well, that didn't work out. He ended up signing with HEP Suzuki. He's now kickstart Kenny, and the rest is history, but if you want to buy one of those bikes, you can buy one for $30,000, and it's straight from Pro Circuit. Contact them if you're interested in these things have been race modified. So everything is like a race bike and it's going to be pretty badass for somebody that's got 30 grand. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a Stretch show here on a hump day. And right now we're going to talk about drugs and alcohol hang. And it's a serious discussion. A story came out this week 
the head of the U.S. Border Patrol, had to do a testimony before a House Oversight Committee on Tuesday. And he acknowledged this year at the U.S.-Mexican border, they have seized more fentanyl, 9,400 pounds of fentanyl. Enough fentanyl to kill every single person, their pet, everything in America five times over. So you can do fentanyl, die. We can bring you back with some Narcan and kill you again. Come back, kill you again. Five times. We'll kill you five times. That's how much fentanyl has been stopped at the border. How much you think's gotten through? That's a hell of a lot of it. That's terrifying. And I will tell you, if you have a young person in your house, get Narcan. I have Narcan on my person 21. Granted, I have to for my job as a security guy. We are not only equipped to take your life, apparently we are equipped to uh, save your life. That's the funny thing. We got CPR training. We got, uh, like, I just had a training in life-saving injuries for gunshot wounds and things like that. We're trained in all of that stuff. Uh, It's like combat field medicine is what that course was they just taught us. And we also are instructed on fentanyl, the use of fentanyl, and we are given fentanyl. I have fentanyl. I have probably three, four, five, six, seven. I've said right now on my person, I have seven doses of Narcan to combat fentanyl. And here's how fentanyl works. And, and, and if you've heard it, hear it again, because you can't hear it too much. It is tiny grains, like tiny, tiny amounts can kill a normal person. And when I say a normal person, I mean a normie, and I'm talking, uh, remember I got six years in drug and alcohol treatment. Uh, normie is a person who's never had an addiction issue, but is affected by it. I had had it in my family, but all families have it. Every family you have has addiction issues. Every family in the world has addiction issues. And a lot of families don't know they have addiction issues, and that's awful. But, so I worked there as a normie, and I worked there for six years, and I saw a lot of people die from fentanyl. And what happens is drugs get real expensive when you get a really bad habit. I would see people at rehab that were like, yeah, I was doing 36 Vicodin in a day, or I was taking 40 Xanax a day, whatever it is. And then that gets really, really expensive because doctors aren't gonna write you scripts to take 40 Xannies a day. You're taking more than a month's worth per day. So they're on the black market, and on the black market, they're probably mixed with fentanyl. And when you get out and you've been doing that kind, let's just say you get out and take five, you're dead. A normal person takes one. Now let's just say you're a teenager at a party. Somebody just scored some Xannies. Yeah, dude, I just bought a bunch of Xannies. Here, take one. You're dead. That's real. That's real. That's how dangerous this stuff is. I can't tell you enough how dangerous this is. And uh, when I had a class recently on Narcan training, which I've been trained on ad nauseum over the years from working in rehab and everything else, uh, they talk about thousands and thousands and thousands of people they save at, like, on the streets, programs on the streets with Narcan, where people overdose. A lot of homelessness has to do with addiction. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. But I'm be honest, I care more about your kids. I care more about your family. I care more about my family. And people do stupid stuff, especially young people. And if you've got, if, if you, my dad is 70 something years old and he's got Narcan and I was like, why do you have Narcan? And he had recently had knee surgery and they gave him such strong painkillers that they made him get Narcan at home because of EOD and that's the thing. It'll save you, man. I don't care what you're doing. You OD and somebody gets Narcan in you? What Narcan does, I'm gonna get real technical here, it blocks the receptors in your brain. It, it literally, so the opioid is clinging in there and when you overdose on opioids, you just stop breathing. You get so high and so relaxed and you're in the zone 
that your body forgets to breathe. That's what happens in a, a fentanyl or an opioid overdose. Your body stops breathing. Your heart, does, your heart stops because you're not breathing and your heart needs oxygen. So you just forget to breathe. That's how high you are. So this stuff comes in and literally knocks the opioid off the receptors in your brain. It just like comes in and it's like, get the hell out of here and bitch slaps them away. Bam, and they're gone. That's what Narcan does. And, it, and by the way, once again, it's a drug like many other drugs that they were, I think they were like researching constipation or some crap like that. I'm not even making this up. They were looking, researching something stupid and they realized that this stopped opioids in their tracks and reversed it immediately within minutes, within seconds. It'll knock the drugs off your brain. Now there's a chance after that the Narcan wears off, it comes back and you re-overdose, you gotta re-administer, but you, by that time you can probably get them to the hospital and they can be under doctor's care. But a lot of times they give them Narcan, they get up, walk off and walk away on the streets. Yeah, so the fact that we've got enough fentanyl seized at the border this year to kill every American and their pets and every living creature in America five times over should horrify you. Especially if you've got a young, you know, person in your house. Because young people are dumb, they like to party. And it's getting mixed into everything. And the drug cartel doesn't care and it's all coming out of China. They want death to America and they could give an F. So you're like, why would drug dealers want to kill their people? because they're making it more potent for real hardcore drug. A real hardcore druggie could do a little fentanyl and probably not die. Problem is, they always want to get higher and higher and then they end up dying anyways. So Narcan is amazing. And that story, I, it, once again, I do all fun and games here and joke about crap and then I'll see stories and I'm like, you know what? If I bore my people with this segment, I'll do it. If I save somebody's life, God bless me. I, the greatest thing I could have ever done in my life. And everything I have done and spewed on this stupid radio show is worth it at that point. And I've had death in my family from drugs and alcohol, and you have too, I would assume. And if you could prevent it just once, awesome. So be aware. Be aware, my friends. Check out Narcan. I'm Stretch. It's the big four nine. Time to get up out of here. Let's talk to uh, El Hombre, then we'll go home. Big 49, it's stretch show. Time to get up out of here. Time to pack it up and time to pack it in. Tomorrow, in the moto version of the stretch show, we will break out some 250 talk. Stuck to Hunter Lawrence, HRC Honda, big brother of Jet Lawrence from the HRC Honda 250 West squad. Hunter got to the winning ways round one of the 250 East on Saturday in Houston. See if he can keep it up when we head into Tampa this weekend. Uh, podcast is available everywhere there's podcasts. If you missed anything in the Stretch Show, you want to hear anything on the Stretch Show, or you want to tell your friend, dude, got to hear, dude. Stretch is a sellout, bitch. I heard him talking about J-Lo and Ben Affleck. Listen to this. It's all in the pod. It's there. There's tape now. No hiding from it. The truth is out there. The truth will set you free. That's what I do here. I spew the truth. For good or for bad. You know you identify with Ben Affleck. Don't act like you didn't. Uh, yeah, I'm at the Grammys. F me in the A. Why is everybody staring at me? I just want to go home. That's what I want. I just want to go home. I'm at home right now. Big 49 West, that stretches home. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Big 49 East, well, that's Moto Man's home. <laughs> Literally. He lives there. That's why there's a motorcycle in the control room. That's why Stretch doesn't go to Big 49 East that much, because Moto Man's always there. You know who, uh, my wife works at home and is at home all the time when I'm home now. And Moto Man is always at the radio station. I have no escape. I come back into my little room, I shut the door, I play radio by myself. That's what I do every day. 3 a.m. till noon Pacific right here on Big 49. TheBig49.com. It's also on the iHeart app. It's also on the Streams Hi-Fi Radio app. The podcast available now on the iHeart app and everywhere else. We're coming for you, radio. We're coming for you, podcast. We're bringing it up. The world's only motocross rock radio station is doing it and doing it real. Real, real. So I thank you guys for being a part of this and for listening to us. Don't forget, on Friday, 
Moto Man does a show uh, with Bookie Kyle, three to seven on Fridays. It's the only time I can find enough sobriety between the two of them to do a show. Sad world I live in. <laughs> but it's true. Alcohol may be a factor on that show. Uh, we got that on Fridays. And then on Saturday, uh, stupidity may be a factor when we do our moto coverage. Now, this week, they're in Tampa. I, I, I will get you an update of everything as the week goes on, but we're going to be starting early because that is an East Coast race and an East Coast time zone, and that says to me they will be racing by about 4 p.m. our time, so it should be about 2 o'clock Pacific time when the Big 49 starts the race coverage. And we will watch it. We will comment on after each race. We will never violate our deal with... Uh, Feld Entertainment with NBC Sports. We thank both of them for allowing us to do our race coverage and we never step on any toes. So we talk about it before the races and then after each heat we t talk a little bit and then we do a post-race wrap-up of the whole thing and then we go home. But if you, you're out, you're riding, you're camping, you're in the dirt bike, you don't got uh, access to the feed, you got access to the four. You got your phone, you got the 49, just pop it on. We'll tell you what happened. That's what we do. We're Moto Rock Extreme. I will talk to you again tomorrow for the big old Thursday spectacular. Damn. Until then, God bless you all. And God bless the United States of America.